Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's a brand new week. It's Monday, and this is the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Happy to have you on with us a little later in the show. David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American. And then number five, Lee Roberts, color analyst for Southern Miss Football will join us. Happy to have you along on this Monday first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue. Smoke meats in a neighborhood and community near you. The hometown team in Hattiesburg, just outside Turtle Creek Mall. Uh, our good friend Justin, they have tremendous uh, food, and, of course, they cater. So uh, Eagles playing at the Rock this coming Saturday. Get Dickie's to cater your next meal or event. Dickie's Barbecue cooked here, loved everywhere. Southern Miss falls to Miami by a score of 30 to 7. We'll be talking in, of course uh, later on with David Eckert and then Lee Roberts. But but what a week for the Sun Belt and Kelly we'll come back to this fourth segment. But the Sun Belt goes 10 and 4, beat 3 Power 5 teams and beat two top 10 teams. Pretty impressive for the new conference. And you remember Friday when we when we originated the program from the Canebrake Country Club side of the Lady Eagle Golf Tournament, we were talking about what a long weekend it could be for the Sun Belt. But a couple of teams, as you mentioned, defeated uh, big Power Five schools, including Georgia Southern over Nebraska, which, as it turns out, cost Coach Scott Frost to his job at Nebraska. And all Appalachian State did was go to College Station and knock off Texas A&M. And they are not only rewarded with national attention because of that, they've moved up in the, in the polls. we talk about that in the fourth segment. But also College Game Day from ESPN will be headed to Boone this Saturday when App State gets ready to open conference play against Troy. So the Sun Belt will really be under the national microscope this weekend. And this is what happens when you beat great teams like they did this weekend. Man, what a great weekend for the Sun Belt. What a great weekend. Eagles were trying to do the same down in Miami. And let's just spend this segment, Kelly, breaking it down. I think it's safe to say now um, that, you know, we, we have a quarterback. I mean, as, as much talk, of course, you know, there's other guys on the roster. But, Kelly, if, it's, if, if, I, I'm, if I'm missing something, let me know. I don't think we lined up in the Superback one time on Saturday, and that kind of shows you that Will Hall was like, we're going to throw Zach Wilkie in, and uh, we're, we're going to see what he does. He finishes 16 of 27 for 207 yards 
one touchdown, one interception. We'll talk about that just in a second. But, but Kelly, that's where it really starts the story uh, of Zach Wilkie on Saturday. And you have to kind of wonder if, if Will Hall was kind of just speculating and, and using the, safe, or the uh, superback as a safety net this weekend, that he would start Zach Wilkie if Zach struggled or the pressure from Miami got to be too much, then he could always implement the superback. But as you said, he didn't. So that would certainly lead you to believe that Zach Wilkie played better uh, than perhaps you know anticipated. And now, now the question becomes, and I'm sure this will be the question that Will Hall will get all week: Is there a quarterback battle going on in Hattiesburg? You know, what is the extent of Ty Key's injury? Will he be out for an extended period of time? But if not, is Zach Wilkie QB one? And Ty Key's number two, vice versa. You've got a Northwestern State team from the Southland coming in this weekend, which by all practical purposes, the Eagles should should manhandle and should win fairly easily. So I'm sure, and would you agree, Luke, that that'll be the question, the number one question that a lot of the media types will be asking this week is, is Wilkie, is it his job now to lose or does it go back to Keys when he's healthy? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what both David Eckert and and Lee Roberts um, you know say about that, particularly Lee, because <clears throat> he knows what it's like to you know come in in not the first game of the season and and start at quarterback and and keep the job. So we'll talk to them. The other the other key for me Saturday was how good the defense was. Um, they got us on the flea flicker, you know, mid third quarter. But this was a game. It was seventeen to seven with five minutes to go. In the third quarter, uh, Miami scores right before the first half, and the Eagles led after um, you know Wilkie threw that dime to to Jason Brownlee. But what I was impressed with um, Kelly is against a far better team this week, the defensive line still got after it, um, multiple sacks, multiple tackles for loss, and I think that it's safe to say now that this this. You know, front four, front three with the backers is going to be one of the best in the Sun Belt. And man, what a game Malik Shorts had. What, 13 tackles? Something like that? And, and, and an interception in that secondary? So we talked to him last week on the Eagle Hour and he talked about how he wanted to be a leader both on and off the field. Uh, tremendous play you know, by the defense. And I think, I think Miami was even a little bit surprised at how staunch the Eagle defense was, you know, in that first half. Um, any fan, regardless of what who their team is, you just want to know that your team's going to be able to go out there and compete. Obviously, you'd love them to win. But the Eagles went in there, and I really, really loved the attitude when I was at practice last week when they kept saying, we're, we're going down there to win this game. I mean, yeah, it's a money game, et cetera, but we're going to try to win this game. And I don't think that anybody has probably been as happy with an Eagle team in a loss as they were with the Eagles' effort this past weekend. And you and I were talking in the production meeting beforehand, Luke. Now fans, with the implementation of Wilkie, you kind of see now where Will Hall wants to take this offense and what kind of offense he'd like to run. Fill in some blanks there for us. Yeah, like we said, you know, no super back. And that's probably last week there was mention of it uh, because he just kind of wanted to hide, it, hide the fact that, that Wilkie was going to do this. But, you know, what we heard all last week in the stands was throw the football, throw it. Well, well they, they, they will. I mean, there was plenty of times that we went five wide and an empty set in the backfield, and it was just Wilkie. Um, one thing that that did bother me, of course, it's a you know it's a better team, but as well as we ran the ball against Liberty, man, we didn't we didn't run it 
too well. And that may be, could be game plan, or it, it just could have been that that that's what Miami was giving us. Um, and I think it speaks to the fact, I mean, when, when you throw that many times with a true freshman quarterback in his – in his, you know, uh, first start, I mean, you you believe in the dude, and I, kudos to Will Hall um, to simply say we're going to throw him out there. He's going to get baptized, you know, with fire in his first <laughs> first game. But I, I was really impressed by it. Back to the defense, real quick: four sacks, eight tackles for loss. Um, I, again, this is going to be this is it, we, we watched nasty bunch for for the, the second week in a row. Um, Eventually, you know, they were running three or four running backs in there and, and eventually, you know, wore us down. But I was proud of this team. I feel like a big moment in the game, um, was when they converted, uh, for their second score. And uh, we had them third and short after a, a you know, a unnecessary roughness penalty and they end up scoring that hurt. And then, uh, the flea flicker is really what kind of broke the back. But one more name to talk about, Kelly. Um, Jason Brownlee. Uh, is a phenomenal receiver. Um, what he did, uh, Demarcus Jones had an excellent catch, but you know Brownlee finishes over a uh, hundred yards. And for for me, it's, it was really frustrating. The the commentary when the interception happened in the end zone, Zach underthrew the football. But the the talk was, did the inter, did the uh, defensive player give himself up? Did he not? The bigger question was, Brownlee got pushed out of bounds. And that would have probably been a jump ball that he may have come up with, and you look up and the score maybe thirty to fourteen or twenty six to fourteen. And there were a couple of jump balls that he did come down with. You know, he's not he's not as physically thick as Jamar Chase is in the NFL, but the way that he runs routes and the way that he's able to pull down those those one hander and one armors like he does, Brownlee is definitely a force to be dealt with. And I think this Northwestern State coming up this Northwestern State game coming up comes at a good time. Um, because if you can, if you cannot lose your confidence in a defeat, uh, I would think that's the case. I, I, you talk to just about every Southern Miss fan this weekend says, man, our guys played hard. You know, they played hard and, but it, it does come down to, you know, you want to get a win under your belt. So the demons come up next. And then the next real true test, I think is going to be against the green wave. The wave have won their first two games in the year, but with all due respect, they haven't, they've, you know, played played Alcorn and they've played uh, UMass. UMass, which neither one of those teams are real strong this year. So uh, Tulane's first test might really be against the Golden Eagles, too. And Eagle fans, that game was announced. The starting time was announced this morning. It will be a 6 p.m. start in New Orleans, 6 p.m., and Southern Miss's ticket office has tickets for that two-lane game. If you're going to go to that game, make sure you get your tickets from the Southern Miss ticket office where they get yep. uh, gets credit for that. 6 p.m. game will be televised on ESPN+. Plus. But we got to play Northwestern State before that That's game, right. obviously. We're going to step aside on a Monday on the Eagle Hour. David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American. Up next, Eagle Hour continues on a Monday.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on this Monday. Second segment brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark. Located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, just across Hardy Street from the main entrance to Southern Miss. Coming in for a home game against Northwestern State this weekend. Go see our friends at Campus Bookmark, or you can shop anytime, anywhere, campusbookmark.net. Luke, Kelly, Michael Mergens producing for us in Hattiesburg. I'm in the Southern Bancor studio in Laurel. Kelly's in Hattiesburg. Happy to have with us now David Eckert as he joins us every Monday, beat writer for Southern Miss with the Hattiesburg American. And, David, just start this way. I mean, a, a lot of positives uh, to take away from the game at Miami. Um, we were asking, you know, would the Eagles cover or not? Man, they covered really well uh, through, you know, the mid-third quarter. Just kind of your overall observations from Saturday. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, you know, it was a really good half, right? A really good half. Um, and, and then, you know, you just kind of started to see Southern Miss start to lose at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. And, you know, things kind of, you know, went the other way. But, look, I mean, you mentioned the positives. Obviously, I'm sure we'll come on to Zach Wilkie. Um, But for me, I mean, the wide receiver play in this game was just outstanding, like unbelievable, you know, some some of the catches that they made. You know, I I was going through for my my story postgame, looking at the Miami defense and and the recruiting rankings. I mean, that secondary – I, I don't think there's a, a, a kid in that secondary who wasn't a four-star recruit. And, you know, some of these, some of the, the catches that they're making in traffic were just ridiculous. Um, then you look on defense, right? I thought Avery Havis, again, he was really good against Liberty. I thought he was awesome in this game as well. Um, you know, I thought they got pretty good linebacker play in, in general overall. And, um, they, they, they did pretty well against a, a, a quarterback in, in Van Dyke that's probably going to go in the first round this summer. So, you know, definitely some positives, but uh, I do get the sense that, you know, maybe they feel like there was a missed opportunity here the way the second half went. Yeah, absolutely. The the, the flea flicker kind of broke the back. I mean, uh, if, if, you force yep. them, if you force them there, you know, you take seven off the board, going in, we kind of thought, and get your take on it, uh, when Wilkie underthrew the ball, I, I think – the underthrow was a potential jump ball because they had done that so well. And it looks like Brownlee got shoved out of the end zone. So that was kind of a tough break um, on that possession. Are you talking about his interception there? Yeah, rookie's uh, interception. Brownlee yeah. got shoved out of bounds by the defensive back. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a weird play. Um, you know, it looked like, to me, my first instinct on that play was there was a little bit of a bad snap. And I wondered if the timing of that play just got a little messed up or, or maybe Wilkie panicked a little bit because he had to go down and, and, and get the snap and get right back up. I'm not sure. Um, it didn't look like Brownlee was, was expecting the ball either. Kind of a, kind of a weird play. I'm not entirely sure yeah. what happened on that one. Kelly? Well, I was David, you used the term quarterback competition rather than a controversy, and I, I admit that I like your word better than mine. Um, but the question now becomes, did Zach Wilkie do anything to lose the starting position? Let's just hypothetically, and, and again, this is hypothetical. Sometimes in radio we have fun with hypotheticals, but if Ty Keys were ready to go today, did Wilkie do anything to lose 
his starting position. We trust Will Hall to make the right call, but what say you? Well, if you're operating under the assumption that, you know, Zach Wilkie came into this, this, this season as the starting quarterback, as, you know, you kind of seem to be arranging with type of hypothetical, then no, I don't think so. But I also don't think that that's the case. I think there is a very real choice to be made here. Um, and, and look, I mean, I think, I think it's a good problem in a sense, right? I mean, you, you have two guys that you're high on. Um, and, and you've got to pick one, um, you know, and, and, and look, I think this is probably happening at a pretty good time as well. Um, you've got an FCS opponent coming in this Saturday. Uh, if Will Hall wants to, he can, he can use that game to kind of make a choice. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. I'll be very interested to see tomorrow because, you know, they, they treat Tuesdays as competition Tuesdays. That's Will Hall's thing. So I'll be interested to see how the first team reps are distributed among the quarterbacks tomorrow. And and is it realistic, perhaps, that both would see playing time on Saturday? Is that feasible? I don't think that's out of the question. No, I mean, you know, um, look, it's it's a game that you should win, and you should win comfortably. If there isn't time to experiment, this is it. So I, I, I don't I don't think that's out of the question at all. No, I don't. David, we were talking about this first segment. I mean, run game uh, abysmal on on Saturday. They rushed twenty four times for thirty three yards. Uh, the last couple of years, the running has been an issue. Um, I, what I mean is without super back. Uh, was that part of uh, what Miami was was you know giving the Eagles? Or I mean, this is this is not good to, to rush, you know, for uh, for that little yardage. No, it was it was a, a very poor effort on the ground, and you know I went back and and I rewatched the game this afternoon, as you know I do most Mondays. And look, I mean there just wasn't anything there the majority of the time. Um, I think Frank Gore made a couple bad choices, you know, once or twice, maybe bouncing a run when he should have just you know uh, taken his loss for for a couple, and he might have made made it worse on himself a couple of times. But there just really wasn't anything there for him. Yeah. Um, and look, this is Miami, guys. You know, like uh, it's it, it's it's going to be difficult against that front. But yeah, um, not a great day running the ball at all. What did you think on the other side, though? Eight eight tackles for loss after eleven last week. Yeah. They got they they got Van Dyke for four sacks. I mean, you know, I, I think everything that we talked about with this defensive line in in the preseason is coming true. Yeah, I was really impressed. I was impressed especially in the first half with the scheme. Um, you know, some of, the, some of the pressures that Austin Armstrong was dialing up were just, just you know, they really worked. They were very effective. Um, and you notice in, a, in, in the second half, uh, Miami, excuse me, starts, you know, running the ball a little bit and kind of taking Southern Miss out of that where they can't just tee off on, on, on Van Dyke and, and it ended up working. But, yeah, the front was was – really strong. I mean, that's about, to me, as good a performance as you could hope for against that type of opponent, you know, uh, from the defensive front. All right, guys, I'm going out here on a limb, but based on the performance of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns this weekend, I want to talk a little bit about Sunbelt. The Cajuns certainly 
are not indestructible like everybody was kind of making them out to be with a first-year coaching staff there. They did not look good Saturday. So with that being said, do you take a new look at the West now and hear me out? Southern Miss, as hard as the Eagles played this weekend, get a few things worked out. To me, it is not unconceivable that this team could win the West. Your thoughts. David, start with you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't didn't catch the Louisiana game, but, you know, I I think that the West is very wide open in general. I think the thing that kind of hurts Southern Miss is the crossover games that it has. Um, You know, they're going to have to play uh, Coastal Carolina and Georgia State. Um, so they, they missed App State, but that's probably two of the three best teams in the, in the East for me. Um, so, you know, that, that could be potentially something that hurts them. But, yeah, this is, it's wide open, guys. They've got some things to figure out. You know, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, right? They've got to figure out who their quarterback is first and foremost, um, and, and they've got to get going on offense. But, look, if, 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 and it's a big if, they get that figured out, then there's no reason – in, in my view, that they can't, you know, have, have, a, have a run at this. Am I talking crazy, Luke, the fact that the Eagles lost Saturday, but I'm, I'm talking about a potential championship in the West? Yeah, I mean, we, we need to concentrate on six or seven wins first. But I, I, to your point, half of the team, the, the defensive half of the team, is will be a top three defense across this league. So I, I don't think you're crazy at all. D- David, about a minute left. Um, again, I like your your perspective because uh, it, it's non Mississippi, so it, it's it's objective. Um, how how big was the Sun Belt's performance nationally Saturday? I mean, this is pretty wild. Three Power Five wins, two against top ten teams. I'm not sure it's happened as much as it did this weekend. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Um, I think it was very telling that. Um, I actually missed it. I was annoyed at myself. I, I didn't get on for it. But Commissioner Keith Gill got on the uh, got on the Sun Belt teleconference with the coaches this morning. <laughs> um, you know, just to kind of bask in it a little bit, and that's smart. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, my, my my buddies, my friends from you know the northeast part of the part of the country were sending me you know memes and just kind of like, wow, I can't believe you know what's happening here. Um, being a Big Ten guy. You know, everybody just kind of laughed at, at, at Nebraska a little bit. So, yeah, huge weekend. Huge Good weekend stuff. for them, no doubt. Really David, appreciate your, uh, your time and your analysis, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Kelly, we should mention Texas A&M still in the top 25. Appalachian State not in the top 25. And Marshall's right on the cusp as well after their big uh, after their big game this weekend. Sunbelt definitely on the rise. We'll get when we, as we talk more about the quarterback situation at Southern Miss, a guy who might know a little bit about quarterbacking, Lee Roberts joins us next as the Eagle Hour continues after this break. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill within a shadow of the rock. I actually watched the game Saturday. Jason Bailey was there. Daniel Utterback, Jeremy Cooper, the whole whole gang gathered to... uh, 
to watch the contest, cheering the Eagles, the good plays, and really proud of the effort that the Eagles put forth. And uh, the Blue Plate special tomorrow is hamburger steak, I believe, at 4th Street Bar and Grill, nine ninety five. That includes your your soft drink uh, or water, whatever uh, you want to drink there. It's 4th Street Bar and Grill, where the big game is always on TV. You can also shoot some pool, play some darts. Uh, trivia this Wednesday night with Booty. He's going to have some good trivia questions for you Wednesday night at 7. Our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline is the color analyst for the Southern Miss Radio Network, Lee Roberts, who knows a little bit about uh, quarterbacking and a little bit, Lee. I'm not going to give you a, a little. Yeah, don't 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 beef me up too much. I know just a little, and it's been too long ago. So, all right, buddy. Well, then I'm going to ask you the question that Will Hall's probably going to get asked this week. Number one, who's the quarterback for Southern Miss Saturday, based on what you've seen, and has Zach Wilkie done anything to lose the starting job? Well, I'm going to say this. It's it's. I was not at practice today, but I'm going to say it's Zach Wilkie just for the fact that. Not sure what the status of Tykees is, but you know, yeah, I think uh, I think Zach obviously played well enough to continue to play to play, but that's why they pay Coach Hall the money to make those decisions, and whoever it is will be the guy that you know he feels most confident to get that win. So I think this weekend is just such a huge, huge contest, just because it's a game where you know we should be able to play well and build some confidence to take us the next weekend to, to Tulane not overlooking anyone by any stretch of the means but you know i just think this weekend will be a great opportunity for us the the fact that will hall mentioned in last week's press conferences that the superback would probably be implemented some and then was not used at all what do you read into that the fact that he was super impressed with the way Wilkie played or just what Miami was bringing at the Eagles or both? No, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I talked to coach Hall when we got back to Hattiesburg, um, once we, once we touched down and, you know, he was super pleased, obviously the performance of Zach. Yeah. He made some, some rookie mistakes. I think if you're watching TV, you could tell that the, the one big mistake he made was, you know, not getting that first down when he stepped out of bounds a little soon. You know, not not stretching out, trying to you know get the first down and keep the drive alive. That was, I felt like that was not the turning point in the game, but it kind of led to what could have been a turning point because Miami ended up getting the ball back and going down and scoring right before the half. But we could have gotten the first down and kept kept that drive alive. Who knows? We could have taken the halftime lead into the locker room. But you know, regardless, I, I feel like Zach played well enough, and you know, just. We really weren't running the ball very well, and that may have been part of two why we didn't see much of the superback. Yeah, Lee, I, I think that actual drive, I think that was the first part. That was the first drive of the third quarter, and I think Will, Will on, on the replay had like a 45-inch vertical because he was jumping up and down trying to tell Zach get to the stick. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Another one, comment on for us because we, we saw these these catches. Brownlee, Demarcus Jones' catch was was out of this world, and and uh, we were kind of talking back and forth about the interception from Wilkie. David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American thought the ball, uh, you know, it was, it was a difficult snap, and he underthrew it. I kind of thought maybe it was an underthrow on purpose. I, I think there was a per- pass interference on that play while Brownlee didn't have an opportunity. But I mean, just talk about the receivers and what you saw. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and that's the thing we knew coming in. We were pretty talented out wide. I mean, Brownlee. Caston, you know, I hated Brandon Hayes getting hurt this week. That we were definitely without a uh, a weapon there. But um, 
you know, Frog, they call him, uh, Latrell Jones, Latrell Jones, rather. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're talented, talented out wide. And, you know, um, last week against Liberty, obviously run the super back. We didn't get to throw the ball a whole, much, a whole lot, so there weren't a whole lot of stats for those guys. And I felt like this week we were able to throw more. Brownlee indeed showed how talented he was, making some, some unbelievable catches. And that's just what he's going to have to do all year long is, is go up and, you know, I'll jump the DBs, make catches. And, yeah, as, as a quarterback, I mean, obviously if you can't lead a guy to score, you try to underthrow it and give your guy an opportunity to catch it. And I felt like that's what uh, Zach did. I know a couple times he underthrew it on the inside, which is kind of the cardinal sin. Two cardinal sins in quarterback. Don't throw it out of bounds and don't throw it short on the inside. So, um, you know, it doesn't leave a whole lot of a lot of room for error. So got to be uh, got to be able to put it where you need to for you guys to make plays. Most time, I, I trust my memory, but it can get me in trouble. So, October tenth, ninety six, at East Carolina was your first start, right? Yes, correct. Help me understand. Help our listeners understand what it's like to not be the starting guy, and then past week one in the season to be inserted as the starting guy. I mean, I, all things considered. I was ecstatic at Wilkie's performance. Um, of all places, on the road at number fifteen, Miami. No, absolutely. And you know, if you don't start the year as a starter, you know, you can take that one or two ways. And you know, you can either keep working like you're gonna be the starter one day, not hoping that your counterpart gets hurt, but that whenever you're inserted in the game, you're ready to play. Um, I, and that was kind of my mentality back in 1996. And I feel like Zach as well probably inserted a little sooner than he ever anticipated. But if you if you if you know what Southern Miss football is like the last couple of years, you got to be ready at quarterback position, whoever you are and whatever number you wear. Um, but you know Zach is a, obviously a young guy, he's a talented guy. It definitely helps these days getting these guys in on campus in the spring, getting that spring semester, spring ball. That way you can go through all the summer drills as well. Get really get to know the offense. Um, so, so yeah, you've got to prepare like you're the starter when even you're, you're not. And, and let's be honest in week one, Zach was really not even listed as the number two guy. I mean, he was technically third on the depth chart. Um, so to get that, to get that nod this week is, is huge. And again, a young guy that's got a lot of talent. And you know whether we see him this weekend or not, we'll we'll see a lot of Zach Wilk in the future. And I think and I think what a lot of people don't understand is he's he's scraping six four, Lee. I mean he's a he's a lot taller guy than I think people even you know re- remember him being. And as a true freshman, they'll usually come in they're a little bit undersized. You know they haven't been in the weight room on, at the college level that much. They haven't gotten that really good food but this is a guy that's put together for a true freshman and when you look at to me when you look at the first half in particular obviously we know what the final was but when you look at the first half and the way the Eagles played and if that doesn't excite you about the future of this program and where this team could very well be headed then I don't know I don't know what else to say or what or what to do to you because I was just really excited about the way that team played in the first half. No, and I, I agree on on both parts there. I mean, yeah, Zach is a good looking kid. I mean, a good a good frame, a good size. That's got a lot of arm strength and can put some touch on the ball too. You know, and so that's that's not easy to do to be a, a strong arm quarterback, but also better throw a pretty ball and put touch. And and he has he has those tools. Plus, he can move in the pocket and kind of a deceiving runner as well. He gets out. Probably not as good a runner as Tykes is, but 
a guy that can avoid pressure, get outside. And then, um, yes, I felt like we played as good a football offensive as we've seen uh, in some time last uh, last Saturday in the first half. So I, w- I was super pleased, like I said, you know, if we could have maybe stopped Miami before the end of the first half, or even if we could have done something coming out of the locker room the first series rather than going three and out, you know, we just never was able to gain any momentum. Miami had all the – uh, everything working on their favor and just couldn't get anything going that second half. But man, it was an exciting first half for sure. And I'll tell you, other than you know, other than that Miami game, particularly now with what is left on the Southern Miss schedule, to me there is not one team on the remaining Southern Miss schedule that has glaringly more talent than Southern Miss. No, I'm, I agree with you, and, and I mean playing Miami down in the. You know, down in uh, Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday in a in a tough environment, I feel like not that things are going to be easy, but none's going to be as tough as that was. And you're right; I feel like talent wise, we'll match up with anybody else on the schedule, which is which is very good. So now that means, hey, we've got to practice, we've got to stay healthy, and just go get things done and put some wins in the win column. Last question, Lee. About a minute left. Just your overall observation of what the Sun Belt did <laughs> on Saturday. Man, you know, we're sitting on the plane getting updates about, you know, the uh, the Notre Dame score with Marshall, the App State score with Texas A&M, um, somebody else I'm forgetting. Though. Somebody beat with the Georgia, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern beat, beat, beat Nebraska. Beats, beats Nebraska. You know, and so, you know, you take those three games, you know, take our first half, you know, a lot of great things in the Sun Belt, man. I'm excited. I've said it all along. I'm excited about this conference, just what, this conference holds what the potential is and man what some great teams and talent as well so it's going to be a fun conference from from this point absolutely and for for the record you guys who picked the georgia southern victory over nebraska you did you did i was talking kelly Kelly did i text uh i text adam witten the voice of appalachian state when they won and uh, he texts back welcome to the sun belt so we must feel like this is going to happen on a regular basis lee thanks for your time today man I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Kelly, welcome to the Sun Belt. And my arm is not even broken for patting myself on the back. I, I did get one wrong, though. Georgia State, although they had North Carolina on the ropes, uh, North Carolina prevailed. We're going to talk more about the Sun Belt, the impact, and about the bias in the polls against conferences like the Sun Belt when the Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. Thanks, Lee Roberts, for joining us, as he does every week. Former quarterback for Golden Eagle Football, now the color analyst on the radio broadcast. Luke, Kelly, and Michael from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel rounding out this Eagle Hour on a Monday. Golden Eagle men's golf team right outside of Ruston, Louisiana, for the Jim Rivers Intercollegiate hosted by Louisiana Tech. Golden Eagles right now all alone in second place, 16 under as a team, right? Uh, They're five strokes behind LSU, also competing uh, ULM, Middle Tennessee, UTSA, Louisiana Tech, Houston, North Texas, Rice, 
We're beating South Alabama, Kelly Center. Troy, I, just, SMU, and Lafayette. That makes just makes you feel good. And I have confidence that we will ultimately, but it's still early yet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so middle of the second round right now. They'll they'll uh, they'll go out again tomorrow. Right now, the Golden Eagles six under on par fours, eight under on par fives. So uh, real good showing by the guys, and hope they finish well. Soccer ties Ole Miss yesterday as uh, Lady Eagles traveled up to Oxford. Had a scoring opportunity in the first half, but uh, was able to post a clean sheet. So uh, get their first tie of the year. They will start Sunbelt play this coming Saturday in Huntington, West Virginia, against uh, the Lady Herd of Marshall. Volleyball. Now out to a 7-2 and two start over the weekend. The Southern Miss Invitational dropped a match to Stephen F. Austin in three, or I'm sorry, in five sets, and uh, just lost the last divide, uh, the decisive set only by two points. They came back Saturday, swept uh, Mississippi Valley State at night. Uh, Saturday night they swept Houston Baptist. Um, so Lady Eagles now up to 7-2. and two. They'll have their last non-conference uh, matches uh, before they get ready to take on South Alabama starting on September 23rd. The JSU Invitational this coming weekend, Auburn, Jacksonville State, Jackson State on the schedule. Kelly mentioned it earlier, just to let you know in case you missed it. Southern Miss Tulane now is at 6 p.m. on Saturday, September 24th. And, of course, you can watch it on ESPN+. All right, Sander, 10-4 and four on the weekend for the Sun Belt. Um, three Power Five wins, two of which against top ten teams. Let's just talk about that before we get to the rankings. Just your overall take of the Sun Belt this weekend. Stunning. I mean, just stunning to go in. To go in, you're you're way underfunded compared to some of these other schools. Texas A&M probably has the third or fourth biggest athletic budget in the country, and for App to go in there and do what they did, I'd, I'm not even going to call them crap state today. It's App State, and again, they earned College Game Day is going to be there this coming Saturday uh, when they take on two lanes. So the Sun Belt will really be the focus this weekend, and this is what happens when you win games like this. And Georgia State, I called them beating North yeah. Carolina, and they all, if had they won that one, Luke, man, it, it would have been – if this already wasn't a record weekend, it would have been had they been able to hold on and beat North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina having going down to the, the final seconds uh, two weeks in a row with Sunbelt teams. Over the weekend, the 10 wins, Appalachian State over Texas A&M 17-14. Marshall um, in the South Bend defeats Notre Dame 26-21. South Alabama on the road defeats Central Michigan 38-24. James Madison, how about the Dukes? They scored yeah. over 100 points in their first two FBS games. They defeated Northville Stakes 63-7. to uh, Louisiana after score not – uh, having a hard time, I should say. 21-21 with Eastern Michigan after the third, and the Cajuns score four touchdowns in the fourth. They win 49-21. Troy, after an early scare, pulls away and defeats Alabama A&M 38-17. Texas State defeats FIU 41-12. Georgia Southern knocks off Nebraska and Lincoln 45-42. Monroe takes care of Nichols 35-7. And Coastal Carolina had to score late to hold off Gardner-Webb 31-27. The four losses... Arkansas State loses in Columbus to Ohio State 45-12. 
Uh, as Kelly mentioned, North Carolina defeats Georgia State 35-28. Old Dominion lost to East Carolina 39-21. And the Golden Eagles fall to Miami 30-7. Old Dominion was the little was the surprise to me. Not necessarily that they lost, but that they, they didn't cover, especially after that game against Virginia Tech uh, the last weekend. So that was a little bit disappointing. But the Dukes, yeah, playing. I, I, I really think the Sun Belt, too, now is – patting themselves on the back by choosing the schools that they cherry-picked from Conference USA, Southern Miss, Marshall, and then you add, you know, James Madison and, and Old Dominion, another addition. Man, it's – right now everything's turning up roses um, for, you know, the, the Sun Belt. So good for them. Um, and I want to con- – con- Explain this to me real quick. Okay. How, how does Appalachian beat Texas A&M? They don't get in the top 25, and A&M stays in the top 25. I mean, do you really? You know what that answer is? No, I, I know that. I just was <laughs> yeah. giving you the opportunity to make it known. Oh yeah, well, the bias against—I uh, mean, you've got to really, really be good. And I was really shocked last year that Cincinnati made it in the top four because they—they they were the new kid on the block, and and they same parties. People that go to the same parties generally don't like new people busting their parties, you know, and uh, that's what happened. So, but I want to congratulate. Michael on the Bears' victory yesterday. The Saints, you know, pulled one out in the last seconds, and the Bengals found yet another way how to botch a game at the end. So, hey, we should we should make mention later this week. Gonna be giving away some more Southern Miss football tickets starting starting tomorrow. We're gonna give away sets of tickets tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So you want to keep it tuned to the Eagle Hour for your chance to win. That's going to wrap it up on a Monday. We'll catch you tomorrow, same time. And as always, Southern Miss to to the the top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.